Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever episode of Sleezoids, a podcast where we go down the rabbit hole of 20th century genre fair, from the most influential canon classics to the trashiest exploitation films we can get our hands on, and invite you to tag along and help us in creating a canon of sleaze. Each week is a double feature grindhouse style where we discuss two films loosely related by subject or genre, actor, filmmaker, even franchise. And at the end of each episode, along with our honorary sleazoids, which you can become by subscribing on Patreon. Do it. Do it. Do it. We decide on the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover. Patreon subscribers are also going to get an on-air shout-out and two bonus episodes a month when we switch from bi-monthly to weekly shows this coming March. So for the full experience and the warm feeling inside of supporting this show, we highly recommend becoming a fellow Sleezoid over at patreon.com slash Podcast. In the future, intro segments like this are going to be a little bit looser. They're going to be a little more fun, a little more improvised. Uh, but today, since this is the first ever episode kind of decided we were going to do a bit of a, an introduction of ourselves, of the show, and of all kinds of plugs, which you've <laughs> already heard. We're going to avoid those in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I... Gotta do what we got to do now. <laughs> I'm your host, Josh Lewis. Some of you may already know me from my Twitter and Letterboxd accounts, where I drop fire hot takes about new releases all year long. But for those of you that don't, I'm a freelance film critic based out of Ontario, Canada, that loves all matter of genre films and art films, and especially the intersection of both of those things. Uh, and joining me, as always, every week is my co-host... Jamie Miller. How you doing? I'm not any of those things, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a person fascinated with film, uh, especially... Especially these films, specifically these exploitation. Uh, I'm really excited in getting into kind of the uh, the past, the history of cinema in a way, where uh, you know, learning where the things that I love now came from. Basically, mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm a musician. That's that's really what I do. So I just I don't know. We've I guess I there's crossover since, there. Yeah, yeah. Ever since music. we started uh, working together, I've just been a little more fascinated in the inner workings of film, and I guess that's kind of what has led me here. Yes. So, uh, along with us, we recommend that you join and watch the films along as we do. We will be announcing the films at the end of each episode, so you can follow in the week. Um, we're going to be, as I said earlier, we're going to be double featuring. Uh, and today's sleazy double feature involves two of the finest exploitation filmmakers, in my opinion, and two of my favorites, um, who will undoubtedly return a lot over the course of the show, and it sees both of these guys doing stories about inbred cannibals. Yeah. I don't know how this ended up being the, uh, the kind of focus of the episode. I don't know what was on our minds at the time. <laughs> yeah. we Especially could... to just knock it, like, that's the first episode. That's the first know? one. Let's, let's dive right in. But you're going to know what you're getting uh, at this point. Because we, we, we were going to do just a general one. We were going to try and do yeah, something like... not hyper-specific. And then somehow <laughs> we ended up picking inbred cannibals. So... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, those movies today are going to be Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes and Jack Hill's Spider Baby. Oh, and yeah. uh, without further, further ado, I say that we just dive in. Dive in. Hills Have Eyes. Hills Have Eyes. Hills Have Eyes. She thought she knew what the world was all about. 
But nothing prepared her for this. The hills have eyes. All right, so we're talking Hills Have Eyes, Wes Craven, one of the filmmakers who very early on got me into watching films. I can remember my mom taking me to Blockbuster and we were selecting which movies to rent and I would look at the covers and I saw some of the covers for those Wes Craven movies and I was like, oh, yeah. I want to watch that one. Uh, not that I was always allowed to watch those ones, but... I was not. Uh, uh, she showed I, me a couple. I got Sixth Sense and It, and that was it. That was, oh, that was all man. we got to. Anyway, I, I definitely saw Nightmare on Elm Street, and I saw Scream at an age probably I was too early to watch them. Um, but I've later had a lot of appreciation for Wes Craven's work, especially his early work. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, I think, one of his earliest efforts. I think it might be his second or his third movie, maybe his second. Really? Yeah, Hills Have Eyes. So pretty pretty accomplished film oh, for only his yeah. second movie at That's back. pretty sweet. I mean, it's made a huge uh, impact, too, I find. I mean, Yeah, I think made... it's definitely one of his more like renowned recognizable names especially yeah i know it was it was one of the out of all the the movies that you've kind of listed off for me that that was one that i recognized so i mean <laughs> it's definitely definitely in the more mainstream of things yeah so hills have eyes vaguely tells the story about a family on the way to california specifically an all-american family oh, yeah. nice young blonde son a kind of like lassie-ish dog yeah. uh making their way across the country, um, and as every family does when they're on a road trip, they decide to drive through some sort of nuclear testing site, <laughs> yeah, of uh, desert. Just for the sites, you know, yeah. just for the sites. Big tourist attraction, as always. And while they're driving, uh, they they kind of have a bit of a car breakdown that involves some jets flying over them and a map hitting someone <laughs> in the bunny. face and a bunny. Lots of things are happening on that road, my God. Yeah. And their, their car breaks down, and they're like, oh shit, we're in a nuclear testing site, we don't know what's here. And what ends up being there are a bunch of inbred, violent savages. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> say uh, the least. That are pretty hungry. Yeah. And uh, they, they, see, they see something on the menu. And that's basically the setup. I don't think there's any, there, there's not a lot to this movie. Yeah, um, not in that sense. Like, yeah, the plot is pretty straightforward. Yeah, they don't I don't fuck with you with the plot at all. You I, know? I feel like that's going to be the majority of these movies. Yeah, yeah, where they're just kind of like, here's your setup. Now watch some crazy, crazy shit go down. So I don't know if you're coming this from having seen a lot of Wes Craven, um, but this makes a lot of sense. This movie in particular, coming after his his first movie, Last House on the Left. Was Which, that, that was before? This? Yes. That was he his... started with Last House on the Left? Yeah. I haven't seen the original. I've just seen the remake. Oh. But that's the rape one, right? Yes. Very. That's what he started with? That's what he started with. That is with. a ballsy move. <laughs> My God. Yeah, and that one has, has a lot of uh, Vietnam anxiety and a lot of uh, American family anxiety. He grew up in kind of a, a very fundamentalist protestant kind of family oh, okay. uh and he kind of saw their this kind of facade that they put on of we're all great everything's fine we're all doing yeah. this thing and he couldn't reconcile that with what he was seeing on television at the time which was a lot of the mansons or vietnam yeah you were seeing one of those two things on tv <laughs> and he couldn't reconcile not exactly the, happy go lucky exactly so the last house on the left is a very intentionally assaultive movie 
very in your face, very gross, yeah. um, and very much intending to shock you, shock you into being like, these savage things are happening in is, the world. Is there, because I found in this movie, Hills Have Eyes, they, he, he does a lot of, uh, it's, it's undertoned completely, but it's like almost comedic in some ways, like yes. the way that they use the, the, um, the savages, like yeah. the, like some of the things that they say are actually kind of funny and you're like, yeah, there's almost like a perverse comedy like, to it. Yeah. yeah. They're sickening and like, you don't want to laugh, but you're still find yourself kind of laughing at it. And it's, it's, yeah. it's an odd feeling. Yeah. There, there's definitely a, a comical side to it that I think is meant to be like the absurdity of not knowing that these things are there. Like, how are they this in your face? How are, how do they look like this? Right. And, and you're pretending to live this American dream <laughs> at that moment yeah. in time when there's people out there that are like this. Yeah, like exactly. Kind of, that are living this way. Yeah. So, um, and kind of due to the, I mean, cause they're out there because of the, uh, the whole militarization and all that, right. They're yeah. out there because of, the military uh, took over their spot, and they just I we're guess, like decided we, we, we to don't know stay. who's here, but yeah. I guess we'll just we'll test just, some nukes here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I guess the families just decided to stay based on a I don't know pride or tradition. I really don't know why they'd stay, but I mean they're there, and they're quite fucked up because of it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I, I guess the main thing that came is that, so th- that's kind of where his headspace was at at the time, especially after Last House on the Left. That's kind of what was on his mind, was the difference between this kind of family life he grew up being told mm-hmm. was what was out there and what was actually out there, the savagery that's out yeah. there. Um, so that was on his mind, and then obviously a big thing happened. Texas Chainsaw Massacre happened. Was that before or after That this? was before this. Oh, it was, okay. it was a couple years before this. So a lot okay. of people at the time, I think, considered this just kind of a knockoff oh, of kind of like a... I wouldn't even think of that. Yeah, that... I mean, in a way, you, I guess... It is, a little bit. A little, yeah. It carves a, a bit of its own path in, in, in interesting ways, and I think the main way that it actually does that is by foregrounding both families... Because mm-hmm. it kind of humanizes the cannibals in in ways that the, scenes, that the yeah. Texas Chainsaw doesn't, or at least it has <laughs> it has you has you spend time with the family in a way where you're kind of you almost feel They're like bad. normal. They're just kind of eating or trying to to like they, they don't it's even, their version of normal, but it's it seems like kind of normal. yeah. The daughter isn't is like trying to save the baby. The daughter is you know. Not not necessarily bad, and even you you almost feel bad for the all of the kids in the cannibal family once you see the the father, yeah, and you realize that he's <laughs> running the show and he's running it in a way that's purely selfish. I mean, he's doing yeah. it for his own. He doesn't seem to give a shit about any of them, really. He yeah. uses them as pawns. Yeah, basically. you also can feel Craven kind of exercising that a little bit in this too he has some family issues he yeah. hasn't quite worked <laughs> yeah. through because i because I, I i was might have some daddy issues we don't yeah know. well you can all you can see it reflected a little bit too in the uh in the other family because the other family isn't mm-hmm. necessarily as abusive but they're but the dad even mentioned they're kind of inept they like yeah. the, the, they didn't tell they didn't teach their kids that there are other things out there and that you know that this kind of violence exists in the world and that they kind of yeah. get punished for that by dying the most violent deaths of anybody in the movie. Yeah. The father gets like crucified and oh, lit yeah. on fire. It's, it's yeah, it's brutal. And um, one, of, one of my bi- favorite bits of, of comedy that you were talking about too mm-hmm. is the part where they use the, the, is it the mom or the grandma? They use her as bait 
for um, the cannibals because they like set her up in the wheelchair after she slowly died to death from oh, the gunshot yeah. wound. Yeah, and they right. set her up there as bait. The kids use. Yeah, the they mom use. It's the mom. You're yeah. right. It is the mom. I I actually forgot about that. Um, so it was kind of like you're useful to me right now as bait. <laughs> yeah. So regardless Not, of what you have meant to me i yeah. have to use you at this circum in this circumstance right now yeah and and if you had maybe taught us a different way or <laughs> yeah, yeah. or told us to avoid things like this we might have mm-hmm. you know there might have been a different way but not in this situation what was interesting too at the beginning is it when uh i don't know if he's talking to somebody if he's just talking to himself uh just for context but he's it's the dad and he's talking about how he's had to deal with kind of his own savagery in his, in, in a way. Cause he's talking about killing people. Like he's talking oh, yeah, about like killing on, criminals. Like and, on the police force and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and I mean, he even like goes as far as to say like racial slurs and stuff like yeah. that. So like he's dealt with his own savagery before he's dealt with this type of savagery, yeah. which is more <laughs> way different, obviously. But it was interesting to have him kind of have such a hard background prior to this yeah, uh, for and sure. then have him be the first to die. Cause, cause, uh, yeah, well, cause clearly he, he right? clearly he's, he's like deluded himself into thinking that that was somehow separate, that by leaving yeah. the job, it was over. That part of his right. life was over. Exactly. When but like, it's like no, it's just reality. Yeah. And, and especially right now, <laughs> you, you can't just get rid of it that easily. Exactly. And that was, that was something I found interesting that the most, or who would you, you would think is the most prepared for this type of attack, uh, is the first to go. And he's, and yeah, he's, someone trained and, in combat and, and, and in yeah. firearms. And not only <laughs> that, and I think it's intentional on their part, the savages' part, is to display it as like, oh, yeah. we've taken your leader. Like, yeah. not only did we do that, but we set him ablaze and we crucified him. Like, they, they, they could have just, like, killed him, dropped off the body, you know, whatever. Yeah. But no, they, they crucify him, set him on fire, and have his entire family yeah, again, try it's, to it's, it's take absurd, it It's absurd, right? Like, it's again, it's that it's almost comedic how, like, yeah. absurd and perverse that it ends up getting. It gets crazy. And I got to say, just as, like, a, a, a note, the mom, when she um, uh, finds the dad, and she's just like, it's not my Bob, it's not my Bob, oh. that was chilling to me. Like, yeah. oh, my God, her performance again, there. And it's again, she's, the, like, laughing. It, it's the denial, she, too, yeah, right? The, yeah, just a harsh denial of, like, that reality. And it was like, yeah, that was a, that was a really uh, good scene, I thought. Yeah, really for well sure. Done. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, interesting um, how they introduced Bobby. Uh, which oh, yeah, is kind Bobby. of like like he's you know kind of wimpy or whatever. But what I thought was an interesting thing is that they, do you think that they added like the fact that he's super good at gymnastics as a thing that's both a strength eventually, but something that you might think um, you know he's not prepared for something that's about to happen like this. Like mm. he's in gymnastics. I'm not trying to say like you're in <laughs> gymnastics, you're weak, whatever. In fact, you're probably very strong. I mean just the. The social stigma that would come with a, a guy being able to do the splits and, oh, and back es- especially and at stuff, that time. You know? Yeah, and especially at that time period. I just thought so it was... Thought that was interesting. Yeah, it is. And I, I thought it was really funny that they were clearly... I mean, it came out the same year as Star Wars, which is funny. But yeah. like they were clearly trying to get like that, that Mark Hamill type kid. I think they were just yeah, all looking oh, yeah. for him at the same time. <laughs> he totally does have a Mark Camel like esque uh, thing to him because it sure. was it was just the early point where they were looking for like the 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 boy. They were looking for like yeah. the the I don't even know what the word is. Because it really is. It's almost like his plot anyway. His story is like a coming of age story in a way where he just he has to take he has to basically <laughs> get out of here, cat. He has to basically uh, take the role of his father. 
you know, yeah. which, uh, when was, he's, when he, he's, he's the so least not prepared per, yeah. for it, like at all, <laughs> at all. So yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Which again is just another failure on their part. Cause you're just like, <laughs> yeah, c- clearly like they didn't teach him beforehand. So now he's kind of have to, now he's going to have to learn the lesson in the hardest possible way ever. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. the first time. Yeah. So. There's, there, there's a really awesome part where he's, because he's the one who first goes out actually looking into the hills to f- look for the dog, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's he's kind of walking through these hills, and it kind of has, like, this elemental feel to it, which is, I think, also partially ripped from Texas Chainsaw. Because I actually think they use the same shot of the full moon. I don't even know if it's really? the same shot, but, like, it's it's very it similar. very similar? Yeah. That's interesting. But there, there's a part where he's, like, walking through the hills, and then he finds the dog, and the dead dog, obviously, because yeah. the, the savages at that point have, have got the dog, because the, the dog was sensing them out there. They don't that either. No. Like, no, the, the, the dog. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the, 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 part, the part Dog of, lovers will not enjoy that part. I will <laughs> warn you right now. Yeah, and the, the, the shot of when he finds the dog, too, is really funny, because it's, it's like this zoom in, and it's mm-hmm. the whole movie's kind of in like a bit of this, this dirty handheld kind of quick moving or panning or or zooming kind of style yeah for but sure. it but it zooms in on the dog and then later the shot is mirrored with a zoom in on the baby that's still alive when they're when oh, they're when over they're, the crib yeah over the crib in, in the trailer in the scene? trailer yeah yeah, yeah for and, sure and you're just like that's just really dark <laughs> yeah yeah so, are do you think are you like are you kind of getting at that that they view them the same is I that, think so. I think yeah. I think that what he sees there and how the the cannibals view the baby, because mm-hmm. at that point that's Bobby looking at the dog. He sees like a massacre, a massacre, and an then animal. the savages yeah. look at the baby and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're yeah. seeing the same thing." <laughs> that's it. That's a good point. I never really, I know, actually didn't connect the two there. Um, this is something that actually happened in the beginning, and I wanted to get your take on it. There's there's one clip. It's after they get to the uh, the gas station and and they're about, they leave the gas station and they're yeah. heading towards the desert or whatever. There's is, one, is this before or after they meet the guy who's like running the gas station? They, after, so okay. it's after. I think it's on their way to after they talk to him and after they have that one scene where the guy's creeping in the background or whatever, oh. which I thought kind of was was you you know that part of talking yeah, about yeah yeah the uh, I thought that was kind of funny tonally because it worked. It kind of showed how simple these people were. Yeah. But at the same time, it gave you a bit of a creepy factor. Like, why the hell are you sneaking around? Bro? Like, <laughs> what, what's going on? And I think that was a kind of cool introduction to the savages in a way. Because that's all they showed was just them sneaking around at first. And it was kind yeah. of just... It was both kind of innocent, but you you knew something malicious was under you know them sneaking around yeah because why I, are they sneaking around? It's part around? of the comedy, too, is that just yeah. clearly they're just these things... Like, these normal... Like, vaguely normal people who have normal movements just doing these things right and then the results of what they actually do are pretty horrific yeah definitely <laughs> and there's a one scene though and i don't know if if i might just be overthinking it but there's one where it shows it's about a two second frame or a two second shot where it shows from the car's perspective uh driving along the desert mm-hmm. and i swear to god i see one of them hopping along on the side of it but it cuts so fast that i don't know if that's what oh, i was supposed no, to see no i didn't see. catch that one but maybe and, and on both times that i watched the movie i i saw it and i just but i don't it's so fast that i don't know if it's intentional or my brain just kind of going <laughs> i see something there and i just thought that was kind of no I, I wouldn't put it past them and especially with, yeah. with a movie like this where they have uh 
you know, it's pretty easy to shoot mm-hmm. this kind of like gritty lo-fi kind of style that they got going for, for sure. it. I wouldn't be surprised to find Craven using every trick possible to like put some information in yeah. the frame. Yeah. And can I just say on the, on, it, it would have been so easy for them to fuck up the, uh, the, the look of the savages oh you yeah. know and and i like even there's it's not even that crazy what they do but they do no. just enough that i think uh it really works except for the dad's a little corny i, yeah. I feel like with his like he's got that like split clay nose it yeah. literally looks like play-doh almost like <laughs> but uh but i i love the the design of the tall bald guy oh yeah um no and, he just uh, he's got the yeah, look for sure and yeah, a lot of a lot of the dad definitely kind of just looks like they put some dirt on a homeless guy, and we're just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then put a little bit of makeup to make him look like Klingon or something like that, and we're <laughs> yeah. like, there you go, man, yeah. you're the leader of a savage pack now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess the the main thing that distinguishes this from Texas Chainsaw, which is our are a lot of. Um, what the main comparison is for a lot of people, and I guess because it came out so soon after, and it's clearly latching on to the same, like, uh, I don't know, this one's not based on any true story, but it's trying to tap into that, like, this could happen to any American family, or, like, it could happen to any of you driving to California, um, is how much time we actually spend with the cannibals. And the reason I pointed out is that I I think you actually... um, end up feeling bad for a lot of them. And one of my favorite mm. moments is when they kind of realize that they, they've they lost, like, the dumbest member of their tribe yeah. who's, who just got pushed off a cliff Brig by B. a dog. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Brigby. <laughs> I love doing that voice. Ever since I saw that scene, I, I was just like, oh, my God. The the timing of their, like, when they're, when they're on the talkie, the walkie-talkie with them and they're like, almost they, they're like 10 year old kids excited to talk to their brothers you know like, yeah exactly it, it's uh yeah yeah it, it, that that made me laugh like wholeheartedly laugh yeah and then and then and then i'm sitting there and i'm like oh man that's just i don't know that he deserved that like i didn't we yeah, didn't you, know, yeah, you, don't, yeah. you don't actually see that guy do anything bad you just he seems <laughs> yeah right he seems almost just like under the influence of everybody else and he wouldn't know any better because yeah. he does come off as that, like, the dumbest one of the bunch for sure. Yeah. So obviously he's the most uh, influenced by everybody else. Yeah, impressionable. So, right, right, that's the word. And 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 so when the dog comes up and that's the first savage to go, you're, you are kind of like... Oh damn! I don't know if he deserved it. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah, like maybe, the other ones, maybe. Like, but, maybe oh, maybe like bad. the older brother who was like yeah. like raped the yeah the, who the just daughter got or done doing that shit. Like like for sure. Um, and it's also interesting. Like he could, as far as we know, sure he is kind of laughing and and with them. So it seems like maybe there it gives a bit of an inclination that there might be a. Um, a pass with them and that they've done fucked up shit with each other before oh, of course, as yeah. opposed to the daughter who seems to really be protesting it the whole time but or at least is, trying to find an escape route yeah right, right. Yeah. but you don't see it on on this this character so there's that that hint that kind of glimmer of innocence and yeah well yeah. I, I think the idea is that craven is kind of like did that guy really deserve that right like, is that yeah. like is that the is that the way and i that's just what differentiates this from a lot of the other ones a tribal war yeah, it kind of equalizes the two families in like, are are these kids particularly bad? Maybe, yeah. but were they also 
made that way in some capacity mm-hmm. and or also is it fair was that it always led to this like is yeah it all, yeah or is it also though is it fair that these other kids have to uh become like them in order to survive For, yeah. yeah yeah so it's just you know it's it's not there's not an easy yes or no in that um, which is why I think that, like, for example, uh, a movie that they, one movie they do reference in the movie is Jaws, obviously, mm-hmm. with the, with the poster in the trailer, which has a bit of more, a bit more of a black or white villain in that one. I don't think anyone's humanizing the shark. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> There's, there's, yeah, there's, I don't think there's any point where they're like, yeah, but, I mean, Jaws is okay, guys. I don't know. <laughs> He just killed a 12-year-old kid. Yeah. It's no problem. Uh, another thing for the kind of the traditional American family, you know, yeah. the, the freedom and, and uh, you know, all, all those things. Uh, there is a great line that I actually put here in my notes, which was, uh, faith in the good Lord and a little gunpowder. Oh, and geez, that, that is, is like, a perfect description. That's perfect. Like, that, that, that is exactly, I think they say it... Um, right before they're about to, like, plan everything, like, mm. before they're about to separate and do their own thing to survive, I guess. You know, father was going to go find the the whatever. Uh, uh, Bobby was going to go on the hunt with the dog or whatever. And, um, and yeah, I think I think it's the father that says it. He's like, all we need is a bit of faith and some gunpowder or something like that. And you're just like, that is the the epitome of it right there. Like yeah, and, yeah, unfortunately, that doesn't work out for him. And, it, and, no, and, and, no. and, and instead, I think the kids learn that actually it's more... What does he end up beating that guy with in the end? It ends um, up being some sort of club or something. Yeah, well, oh, and it, I thought it, ends it was... Up, isn't it a... Uh, I thought he stabbed him. Or maybe he stabbed him. I thought, you know what? Now I, oh no, <laughs> I don't actually remember. Now I'm like thinking it might be a club or it might have been a knife. I just don't remember where he gets it from. I think it was a blunt instrument though. Because I, yeah. I think that's the idea is that he... He becomes the savage, yeah. essentially. Becomes yeah. what he's deemed as... Well, what's interesting too about his character is that he was the, uh, the I think you call it the peacenik or whatever. The, yes. Uh, he's, he's the... The peacekeeping, He's like the I don't, but yeah, the hippie. I don't, I don't believe in guns, and I don't believe in um, that kind of uh, violence and, and whatever. And then, and then his character is just driven. It, it's it becomes to the point where his environment is so much that he's driven to that point, and it, yeah. there's no other choice. That's the thing. It's not like it's saying. Oh, and the camera closes he him had off. A cho- oh, it's God, just like yeah. it's like, dude, you're in this situation. You got nothing else. You're doing this. Yeah. And he very reluctantly accepts that role. Yeah. And then as soon as he does, that's the end of the movie, fade to red. Right. That's right. it, right? Yeah. It's just, yeah. And I got to say, the, the addition of adding saliva and, and oh, blood yeah. to the... Because I've seen blood splatter. I've seen, like, and I've seen things similar. Even maybe even spit. I don't know. But I don't know if I have seen spit, really. On the camera. I'm like, saying on the lens that, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I've seen, like, the actor's spit literally go onto the camera and then them use that as... Uh, just fuel for the scene like it's like yeah he's frothing from the mouth he's an animal at this point he's no longer the human he's no longer the peacenik that's for damn sure and uh yeah. and he's become the savage that he hated yeah and you, you don't you movie. don't even find out what happens to any of them after because that's yeah. it that was it that, that's the story right that he became this thing because the world made him that way yeah exactly and uh i and for the first time i watched it i was a little upset um that they just closed. I liked the close. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Like when they just end the movie that way. But you want a little but it more. Did, well, just because they kind of just leave them all hanging. It's like they're still in the desert. 
Honestly, still, I kind of liked that. Th- uh, that's that's true. I mean, that's I think that's just me being like the completionist of plot or whatever. <laughs> hey, you kind of want to know. Yeah, I kinda, I'm like, did they get out? Like yeah. after this, <laughs> what happened to the they baby? They just blew up their trailer. <laughs> like they they blew up everything that they owned. So to, in order to kill the savages, so it was like. I mean, maybe they'll just become the savages now. Yeah, you know maybe. what I mean? Like, maybe they're now going to be the hill dwellers and 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 be the savages. Like, it was just interesting to me that he didn't uh, really wrap yeah, it, that up. It, it doesn't. You know? It doesn't seem like an ending that people would have been very happy with at the yeah, time. I don't. Yeah. I, I didn't read up to find out people were. Yeah, but, and I wasn't yeah. unhappy about it by any means. I just felt like I was like, well, I well now I'm kind of concerned for Bobby. You know what I mean? I kind of <laughs> want to know if Bobby was okay and, and all that shit. But I love like it wraps up the point of the film. Yeah, and that's really what it was for. So I'm not mad at it by any means. I think it was, it was great. It was just. Uh, a little part of me, I guess the completionist side was like, <laughs> I uh, hope Bobby's okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, all right. So at, at this point of the segment, we're going to get enter the reductive rating round, mm. where after we just had a full discussion about the movie in all its complexity, all its nuance, oh, yeah. we're going to reduce it to a number between <laughs> yeah. one and five. And it's the right number. And, it, and it's the it. right number. <laughs> uh, so for me... Hills Have Eyes uh, is a pretty easy uh, four out of five. And for you? It's a four out of five for me, too. The first time I watched it, I will say that I did give it a three. Um, Mm. I I just don't... I don't know what it was that made me not, like, really like it at first. I liked it. It was just something... There there are the few things. Like, we didn't really get into it, I guess, but the... uh, the beginning part where it was like the whole setup of why they're there in the first place. Yeah. I thought, I guess it was just when they show the jet really low, I can't imagine a jet going low (laughs) and also a jet going low enough and slow enough that it would actually even distract you. (laughs) You know what I mean? So there was just small things like that, that I was just letting myself get too wrapped around, you know, that kind of thing. But after I let that go and, and just kind of understood what the film was doing, uh, it was an easy four. For sure. All right. Well, there's our ratings. Um, our honorary slezoids. You will find a poll in the Patreon uh, where you guys can vote uh, and help us decide what the official rating for this one is. Uh, but that's it for West Craven's Hills Have Eyes for now. There might be a little bit of bleeding discussion into it in comparison to Jack Hill's Spider Baby. Uh, but that's Got next cannibals. up. <laughs> and yeah, inbred cannibals. <laughs> So, next up is Jack Hill's Spider Baby. Let's dive in. Spider Baby. <laughs> Dreams and bones and bats and bones and teenage monsters in haunted homes, a ghost on the stair, a vampire's fight, but beware, <laughs> there's a full moon tonight. Big fat bug right in my spiderweb. Virginia, are you crazy? You're bad. Bad. You are not supposed to play spider anymore. Animal spiders creep and crawl. Boys and ghouls having a ball. All right, so we're talking Spider Baby uh, by legendary exploitation filmmaker uh, Jack Hill. Uh, spider Baby is a, I would consider it a horror comedy. Definitely. Oh yeah. Uh, we talked Definitely a little. We talked a little comedy. bit about how Hills Have Eyes has a bit of a of a of a comedy to it, but I think it's a little bit more of a absurdist, perverse, yeah. a little bit more of a 
layered into the actual horror. I think of that yeah. scene where the the savage is like siphoning the gas out of the car mm-hmm. and you can hear that sound effect and then you hear the people kissing in the car sound effect. Yeah. Just a disgusting combination yeah. of sound. <laughs> but like yeah. that's where the comedy comes from in that or like how brutally the father is killed like you mentioned yeah. earlier. Well, that's the th- you're almost you're almost so shocked you have to laugh. Yeah. Whereas this has a a bit more of a uh, classically comedic sense to it. A lot of people compare it to... Especially within the performances themselves. Yes, yes. A lot of people compare it to uh, The Addams Family Mm -hmm. in that it has a bit of a kookiness to it. I kind of... I feel like the movie sets you up for that right away with that like... What came first? Just out of curiosity. I believe The Addams Family came first, but weirdly enough, because this came out I think three or four years after The Addams Family, but this was shot around the same time. Really? So this was shot like very soon after or around the same time The Addams Family was shot. Mm. So he was clearly trying to do something in a similar vein, but he also has a very unique take on it, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. Um... But yeah, it definitely sets you into that kind of like kooky mood with the little animated intro and the song. I was just going to say, it's <laughs> the per- it is, I think it's, it might be like my perfect, like it, it's a perfect setup for the movie. Oh like yeah. An absolute, they have like a Halloween song that kind of has this commercial feel almost in a it, sense. Absolutely. It's very like, it's almost upbeat. He's like, it's, but it's the still, maddest story ever told. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's the monster mash. Like it's the same thing, same kind of vibe. Um, and it's, it's it's perfect for this movie. Like, absolutely, they nailed it on that intro song. Yeah, for sure. So as sets the tone perfectly. Yeah, and then as as we get into it, the movie ends up being a bit of a. It's obviously inspired by these classic monster movies. They point blank reference a couple of them in the movie, like Frankenstein and the Wolfman. Yeah. Uh, but it also infuses it into kind of like this old classical Hollywood stagey style. Mm-hmm. is the kind of thing that he's doing, which is interesting because Jack Hill never again made a movie like that, so it's very clearly really? not his own style. This it is, is my first Jack Hill movie, I think. So Yeah, none so, of his other movies really have that kind of classical Hollywood stage kind of presence and okay. didn't really use actors who had that kind of training either who would have made movies like they, that. They do seem well-trained in this in this film. Yeah, he uses a couple of guys that he found himself, a lot of the young young girls, and especially mm-hmm. Sid Haig, who plays... Uh, yeah. Ralph was what was at that uh, like now I know that he's more known as that exploitation guy but at the time when this was made was he a big name was he at least within the scene or like what I don't was, think so I actually think this could be I'll double check but is, I, is breaking out I actually way? think spider baby might be <laughs> one of his first movies what a first role like, yeah just to be like you're basically a dog oh he, he did another <laughs> one called bloodbath which i haven't seen so it's possible people might have known him earlier before this and that was before this one spider baby one year before um, but this one also was uh not released until like three years after it was filmed uh yes so what so like, he he definitely made this one i think before any of his other films were released okay because i heard that this was like postponed due to that one of the producers had like a bankruptcy issue or yes. something like that yeah so they ended up having yeah i think they had to sell the, the film around before they found someone right. who wanted it's to. crazy like three years like that's, yeah they that just sat like on this movie time. yeah yeah and apparently they couldn't really decide how to market it and apparently mm-hmm. it opened and people weren't really sure what to make of it and it, la- it later first, on it became a cult classic like was it one of the first black comedies like, oh probably not i think why I think, do you, why I think, do you think it was kind of like 
would there be a reason why people wouldn't take this one in as opposed to others? It could have just been poor marketing. It could have just okay. been it didn't get much of a release. It could have been a lot of things. I think definitely there's a bit in the tone that might be a little much, and we'll also get into this, because this is one of the things I think that the movie does that's the most mm-hmm. interesting, is that it, it uses a very classical Hollywood style, uh, but then the actual subject matter is a lot darker than those movies are willing to go, mm-hmm. which would have been... It, it's, it's blacker than those, because at, at this point especially when he shot it in 64, I guess what would have been considered a horror movie would have been something like Psycho, which obviously has some of, like, some great horror scenes in it. Oh, for sure. And it's considered a horror movie, but at the time, like, it's not really what we consider horror anymore. It's it's more of, like, a thriller, I guess, would be uh, the thing about that. So when this came out, the idea of showing people, like, eating a mutilated cat... Or like yeah, yeah. eating bugs, like like this is Especially without this is gross, shocking yeah. stuff at the time. For sure, um, which definitely I could see an audience walking into that not knowing what they're watching and being like, "What is this?" Especially mm. in how it directly contradicts the style where they think they're getting something a little more classy. Yeah, uh, yeah. and the the acting, uh, which by uh, at least some of the older people or say the the lawyer character in the film are a little bit more Hollywood-style I was going to say, it seemed very Hollywood. Like, they had that... that It was was interesting because it seemed like it was an exploitation film mixed with a Hollywood film, like, put together in a way. which is really cool, and I think that's exactly what it is. more normal, as it were, characters, you know, quote-unquote normal. Yeah, totally. Uh, Because, like, like he even has the, the classy delivery of that kind of Hollywood. Like, the way that they seemed to deliver lines back then, where it was kind of like that... Hey, kid, it up. Like, kind of fast-paced, kind of, you oh, know, yeah. there, well, there, even, there. Even, even the opening, when the, the mailman is coming through town, and mm-hmm. he's he's played uh, by a pretty well-known African-American comedian oh, really? at the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, That's so cool. so when, when you watch that first scene, it's just, it's a it's a comedian coming in on a, yeah. on a little bike, delivering the mail, and you're like, oh, this is this kind of movie. And it's very, the, even the music isn't... Well, that just isn't, made it even better for me. Like, yeah. I didn't even know that. I thought it was just a dude, like, he's just a mailman. That's it. That's very cool. Yeah, so even even the music is, is a little light, and the, the movie feels really light, and then the mailman pulls up to the house... Which, and he falls into her trap, and the way that he shoots him, because it switches right then from like these kind of like wide Hollywood images, yeah. these stagey images, all of a sudden it's a close-up of her just stabbing the hell out of yeah. this guy. And again, at, at that point in time, like that's a pretty vicious sequence, especially when you see the ear, she chops the ear yeah. right off of the guy, yeah. um, and you're just like... You're and, it, s- and that's in the first 10 minutes of the movie. So you're set up for what this yeah. movie is pretty much immediately, where he's like, this is not your typical Hollywood yeah. thriller. And it's <laughs> such a fast switch. Like, it's oh, literally immediate. just, oh, I'm looking into this house that he's I've like, never been to before. Home? Yeah, and then just, boom. And then I love the... Uh, how she enters frame. It's actually like the creepiest shit ever. Oh, with she her, with her just, arms up yeah, too. And she, she's they're like, up. So like, cause you're not expecting it. So like initially it's very like human is movement. This a, yeah, yeah. Is this a human? <laughs> like, like for the first like second you're watching it, you're just kind of like, Oh, this is off. And then you're like, Oh, it's just a girl. Oh shit. She's got two knives. Oh, <laughs> like, and it just kind of unfolds as the scene goes. And, and it, and just with like a few visual cues makes you, go from this, like, oh, this is kind of maybe a lighthearted film, or at least, you know, it, something's going to happen, but it, there might be more comedy in it. And then that was one of the creepiest sequences I've seen. Like, yeah. Wholeheartedly, oh, it's, like, it's, it's very in creepy. horror. I was like, damn, that was really creepy. The imagining of, of you, like, 
two knives too, like as pincers. <laughs> yeah. Like she, she just that that thought, like it takes it to a whole nother level when she's imagining you as just a bug and like yeah. she, you're nothing to her in, in a sense. Yeah. yeah and a, a, another great way that they kind of contextualize that that violence too, because you see it and you're a little shocked by it at first. And then what's funny is everyone's reaction to it in the house, because mm-hmm. uh, that's when when Bruno pulls up, who we realize as the story goes on, Bruno Bruno is the the caretaker for this this family called the the Mary family and they have this syndrome that I guess regresses them over time so pretty uh, much primal yeah into these like animalistic yeah. just again she just she, cannibals yeah at, by the end yeah yeah absolutely and what's funny is Bruno comes up to the house and again he's played by uh, Lon Chaney Jr. who plays the Wolfman in the original Wolfman film so he is and his his father was a um, very well-known uh, silent film actor. Mm-hmm. So these are guys very well-versed in Hollywood filmmaking, okay. uh, So as, especially at the time. So he, he comes up, and he's got this very classical style of acting, and he comes up, and he you see him look at a very murdered mailman, and he's yeah. just like... Oh dang! Yeah, uh, like, she did it again. There we go oh, again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like that reaction to it is, you're just like, are you seeing the same thing that we're seeing? Yeah. And then as the movie unfolds, you kind of get an idea of he is, but you know he has an unconditional love for these yeah. for these kids. He's sworn that he's gonna he's gonna protect, so that he he kind of has to push that aside. And again, it's the merging of styles that really makes you feel that yeah. it's it's the, the the savage violence and then his Hollywood acting combined, and you're like. That really makes you feel that because especially that scene where um, I think I believe it's after that they murder uh, Schlocker is, is his name with the cigar Schlocker Which, by the, the way, lawyer right him dying with the cigar in his mouth is oh, like brilliant. the best thing I've ever seen. I mean, he's also just a great character in, in, oh, yeah. in general he because he, he walks into the scene because that sets the plot in motion as he walks into the house and here's like here's the aunt and uncle who want to see the estate and maybe manage figure out maybe steal it from the kids yeah because that would be a plot in a hollywood movie like a like right. a noir or a, or a, like a, some of these ones that involve like insurance brokers and stuff as the yeah. lawyer would come in and be like oh we're going to we're going to take this house now and yeah. like that's the drama of this movie and i'm like dog you're in the wrong movie mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh so that that's he has that kind of hollywood feel to him too and uh yeah he he gets he gets murdered and he has that great line Probably the line of the movie where he's like, well, this has just gone past uh, good taste and and, and prudence. And I'm like, you haven't seen anything Anything. yet. Uh, (laughs) The movie speaks upon itself. Yeah, like, which is which is really interesting. It's so self-aware. Yeah, and I think that's why it worked for me so much. Is because uh, it, it it's it 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 struck a chord with me right away. Like as soon as this, the scenes with the sister started happening and they were like, they were like, you're going to get in trouble for this. Oh, their acting shit. is so creepy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing too. I think it's, it's, it might be like my, my favorite like performance in a horror movie when it comes to, I, I guess I shouldn't say horror because they have such a co- comedic, uh, tone yeah. to this movie as well, but they genuinely creeped me out. Like it was like this, they, it was like because they're old enough looking to play like you know older teenage girls, but they're acting like ten year olds. Yeah. So, but and and not only that, but they're doing it in the most malicious way possible. So it's just this this intertwining of, of creepiness. That, yeah, that they they have like the physicality to actually like really hurt people. Yeah. But they're the not 
not seemingly the mental capacity to really understand what it right. is that they're doing. And spe- uh, except, point, except for the one, I guess, because the they are, they're all all three kids are kind of at like a different level of regression because mm-hmm. Ralph is at like near the final stages where he's like treated like a dog and his introduction is yeah. amazing literally the, a dog yeah where he the, where she's like Ralph 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 and you're Ralph. like oh it's a dog yeah <laughs> and then and then he comes out and he's like oh and you're like whoa I sort of a dog yeah 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 uh, I guess and it, it's really funny because the first time I saw that I I I, I laughed uh, and then the second time I saw it I was almost cheering because they she does it again when he's coming up through that. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like pumped this time he's like yeah. like all happy faced and shit yeah it's and great. even even the the uncle who's supposed to be like the very normal hero guy who would otherwise be the hero of the hollywood movie he's Peter? just yeah, yeah. And, and he's just like oh he's just a big kid and i'm like sort of <laughs> well i love how that that's how uh uh Bruno reacts. He's like, "Yeah, totally, just a big kid. Yep. That's what's going on here. Not he's regressing into an animal or a, a cannibal listic incestual <laughs> being. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's a, yeah. It's just, he's fine. just a big kid. That's all yeah. that's going on here. Yeah. Um, but actually, the the sister uh, point that you had earlier." Um, I found that it was like the blonde was kind of uh, what's her name Elizabeth. She was the most with it. Yeah, I, see, and which was I found scarier. The way yeah, she played like the de- the devil on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like Virginia was kind of like she viewed these people. I I bought it as she she viewed these people truly as bugs. She didn't see them as humans. Whereas I've the blonde, the Elizabeth, mm-hmm. she saw them. She knew what she was doing. That's the that's oh, the she, tone she I got. totally when seduces she was killing them. Yeah. somebody. She saw a human and she did it in a malicious sense of that. Whereas I feel like and she tried to get everybody to do the dirty work for her too. Exactly, and I feel like Virginia was more like, although obviously fucked in the head and wrong, uh, had a more innocence to her. Where I don't think she exactly knew what she was. doing. Oh, she was very clearly being manipulated too. She was playing spider, you know, basically. So. That I thought was really interesting. The the fact that Elizabeth ended up by the end of the movie far more frightening to me, and I was like, God, yeah, I wouldn't oh, want to mess when, with you. When she's leading that uh, the young girl up the stairs mm-hmm. to the dad's room, where yeah. it's already been established, where with the great pan over says, to like, the dad, pretty lady, that yeah. Part, yeah, 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 and it's already been established that the dad is clearly a skeleton, which has been established earlier with which the pan can I over say? to it. Uh, did Texas take from that a little? I, I think Texas. I think took I was from inspired because, yeah. like, when I saw that scene, I went, "Holy shit, Toby Hooper, man! I think you took that a little bit there." Yep. Which I, he did in a great way, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, a lot of these movies kind of speak to each other. Yeah, Hills Have sure. Eyes of This and Texas, and it's cool to to because I'm almost diving in like it almost seemed backwards because I went from I did I watched Texas and then I watched Hills and then I watched Spider Baby and if I just watched them in opposite I'd see kind of where those inspirations came from so instead of almost seeing it in the opposite way I'm like oh it came from that oh it came from that you know? yeah you're just kind of interesting yeah it's a cool way because you're just kind of seeing like recurring images in different times yeah so I'm just seeing like... like where all these things came from and I'm and it's cool to see where uh, people we basically you know worship as as geniuses now got their shit from you know it's, yeah. it's very cool very yeah. very cool oh what what's your what's your take on um because at one point uh, uh virginia takes kind of like she basically hits on peter her uncle peter yeah and like is really trying to seduce oh she pulls him. her dress up a little right bit. she yeah. tries to seduce him and i was i was i, I didn't really know where they were coming from with that was that more like she thought of him as the nicest man that 
she's come across. So it's like I think she felt comfortable. Like I just I wasn't quite sure where that was going. Well, to be honest. I think I think it's to do with a little bit of the whole inbreeding thing. Yeah, I think, I think that was the idea that mm-hmm. a, a lot of these kids have gotten. Obviously, they're getting sexually active because right. they they address it a little bit with Ralph. I feel like too. it's a very fucked up coming of age story in a sense. A Is little that what bit, trying yeah. To do in a way? Yeah, because the same <laughs> the, the same thing with Ralph because there's that kind of baffling scene where. Uh, the uh, the aunt I think mm-hmm. is chilling up in the room and there's this great shot where she's she's in the lingerie and she's right. she's kind of doing the little dance and she's she's kind of has this scene where she's being very clearly objectified in this very yeah. exploitation kind of way obviously yeah. right uh, but then on, on in the back in in the framing you can see that there's a doll that's kind of dressed like her a little bit in a web on the wall oh okay I didn't notice so you that. can see that there and. At the same time, it's the where Ralph is coming down, trying to look in through uh, the window, and upside he's upside down, down and too, he's upside down he? like a spider, right? Yeah, so that it's... was interesting because I they don't even attempt to explain that, like nope. why he's upside down. It was more like an imagery thing, but I gotta say, it, it never popped into my head when I saw it. I just went, "He's upside down." Yeah, like it almost rep- it just it worked with the scene and like how they were kind of uh, uh, using his character. Yeah, well, that it it, it all moves into this very trashy sequence where she's yeah. just running through the dark forest in her and lingerie, lingerie and, and he's it, yeah. a dog basically just yeah. after her. Yeah, yeah. and then he, he, he catches her and I thought he was eating her at first. Uh, See, yeah, I didn't know that. But it, it's clearly it established that he raped it's her. It's rape, okay. And that I, she, I wasn't sure. And that he's, he's very like sexually advanced but mm-hmm. also mentally regressing and that's mm-hmm. kind of what's happening and it's it's a, kind of established that that it, he kind of pushes that onto her because yeah. when she comes back she comes back like yelling ralph and i i thought i was a little weirded out because i thought that this was her like being doing that whole where you fall in love with your abuser or oh, whatever okay. thing Which i thought i gonna turn yeah I, I thought i thought that that's it was doing like this whole like king kong thing or yeah. something i thought that's what was happening the but then she she comes back and she's like equally as aggressive and she's like no i'm gonna like she turns murderous and yeah. crazy yeah when it when it gets into the climax and um and the climax is is insane. Oh, it's when all bizarre. three things meet up at the same time. Where yeah. she's because like that scene happens, and at the same time, that's when Virginia is trying to seduce Peter. Yep. Uh, and in this very, very creepy dance of murderous dance or whatever, murderous she's, seduction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like a Black Widow type situation. Really? Yeah. Which I guess is that's probably what the analogy is. Right? Yeah, I think that's what the, she's supposed I to be doing. I think it's the. Uh, I'm pretty sure the the a, a fact about a Black Widow is that after they have sex with their mate, they rip their heads off. Like, oh. literally kill the mate. Uh, so it, it might be kind of a play on that, in a yeah, sense. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and at the same time, the older sister is... I don't. Is she, I forget what she's trying. Is she trying? She's trying to feed the younger girl to the aunt and uncle who are downstairs. Yeah, and, um, he, and I think that's what the just, hairy people, right? Yeah, the guy, they must have gone. I guess full animalistic. Yeah, at that I think point. that was the implication because yeah. the one guy even looks exactly like the wolf man. Like yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I, I thought that was interesting. The the fact that they go all out. They could have just made them slightly Which messed is, up, but they were like. They were animals, basically. Which is interesting, too, because the way that his makeup looks, it actually kind of looks like the the cannibal dad from Hills Have Eyes, where they, yes. where they, where they just kind yes. of did this big, hairy yeah. man. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Yeah, so they, they all climax where they're all running into the same room, and everyone's just attacking each other for totally different reasons, mm-hmm. seemingly nonsensical, all being reverted to this kind of animalistic state. Yeah. Um, 
And that's around the time that Bruno gets back because Bruno's whole, whole whole story while this is going on is like his conundrum of I genuinely, unconditionally love this family. I have worked for them for so long and it works really well because his performance is is, is very, very good. Yeah. Um, Bruno, or Lon Chaney's performance. Um, Especially that kitchen scene when they first oh, yeah. murder Schlocker and they're like, don't hate us or Don't whatever and, and like, he just I has never this hate like you. And he's got the monologue tears. oh he nails it yeah it's, i didn't expect to have such an emotional scene in this movie either no. like i was like wow this these performances are next level no jack hill like he 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 definitely casted correctly and he pulled yeah. him from the wolfman because he recognized that the wolfman uh character uh and, and, and the way that lon cheney yeah. performs him especially is is a really moving performance yeah. and he he uses him in this for almost the same purpose but mm-hmm. it's interesting because it's reversed because in the wolfman it's all about how he as the, when he turns into a werewolf is hurting everyone around him and in this one it is about how the people that he loves around him are hurting people yeah. and he can't really reconcile his feelings with the consequences of what their actions are and he just decides I'm gonna I'm gonna take it all down. It's mm-hmm. gonna, he has this kind of like abstract feeling of like burn it to the ground, blow it up. Yeah. I'm taking it all down. This is it. Um, and <laughs> I think it's revealed in the very end to be a little bit of uh, uh, not arrogant, but like misguided maybe. Yeah. That he could do it all himself, that he could just end the line yeah. of all this all this violence. Yeah. Um but either way that, that climax where all the act. violence is happening all at the same time. Meanwhile, Bruno arrives back at the house with dynamite, really upset that he has to basically kill everybody. And yeah. he and he even tries to get people out of the house when he's just like, You don't have to be here for this, I'm taking this responsibility. Right. Like um, leave. Because he lets he allows Peter and uh the younger girl the younger girl to leave. Um, as oh no, not as well as anyone else because that's their daughter at the end. Yeah, so they so the, the, the continuing those, the lineage. Yeah, correct? those two yeah. run out of the house as the house is exploding and right. taking everybody down. He's like, all right, it's over. That's the end of of the of the of the Mary syndrome, which he sees in like some sort of medical dictionary, I assume. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because a lot of old Hollywood movies like that would have opened with like a, with a book right. of something like that with with that a guy was, narrating. I thought that that was funny when they closed the book because I. Like, they open it with him and close it with him, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, so you, when you, you he was know throughout the, the whole movie that he escapes this situation. Right, right. When you when you're, when you close the book and it just said, like, Peculiar Diseases Dictionary or whatever, yeah. I was like, so, so are you telling me that this specific story was in this Oxford version of the dictionary? <laughs> like, they're like, to, to explain this, va- this crazy disease, here's a story of, of incestual cannibalism to explain th- how far it can go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why was he reading? That was just funny to me. It's like, why was he reading out oh, of and a the, and the way medical he perf- dictionary and he, he reads this story? I'm just like, why is this story in a medical dictionary? <laughs> yeah, and the way, the way that he uh, uh, performs it, too, it's so, like, smug. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, He's so, like, and it happened that uh, yeah. I made a shitload of money. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah well, well uh, I guess <laughs> yeah. I'll just have to live with that. Uh, oh, I gotta say, throughout the film, Peter is, like, the most likable dude in the entire world. Like, just, Oh, he just going he just, with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure I'll try some cat why not yeah, yeah. alright <laughs> oh man he's like the chillest dude ever yeah it's yeah. hilarious it, yeah 
it's yeah, it's really funny because he <laughs> he would definitely be like the the really relaxed hero character. Yeah, he's and traditionally right, and yeah. he's and he's more like. Because he's and, and, still and, and, used as that character, he still ends up being the hero. But in he's a very sense. naive. Not a hero. He's very naive. Is the thing about him the way he's used in the story? Is right. He doesn't. He's the one who's seeing the least of what's creepy about the That's situation. What I, I was well, just going to say when the performances are so right. obvious, like looking at these girls and looking at Ralph and looking at this, he's just like, oh, this he's is so this passive, seems right. Yeah. yeah, compared to everybody else in the movie, yet. He's the one that you would think would be the traditional lead guy. The, the one who would be like, really I'm going to cool. save everybody and get us all right. out of here. Instead, he, he gets everybody killed. He does nothing. He just he gets seduced by his niece. He eats some cat. He uh, he escapes the house because they let him escape the house. And, and clearly the younger girl who ends up marrying him is like being like, something's off here. Like, we should not be separated. Right, and meanwhile, right. like, Liz is taking her and being like, oh, pretty lady, you're going to come yeah. with me. I've got no bad intentions up there for you. <laughs> pretty and, 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 lady. Yeah, Peter, yeah. <laughs> like, she says it twice, too. Yeah. That, that's like the best thing when she goes, come on, pretty lady. Pretty lady. She says it literally twice in a row, and I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, you were the creepiest girl ever. Yeah, so it goes through all that, and in the very end, very, very end, it's revealed that as he's giving a smug narration about how the Mary syndrome is over, and I'm wealthy, and everything's okay, and mm-hmm. his typical uh, naivete, it's yep. revealed that his daughter with the younger girl has the has the exact, the exact same, same disease, disease, and it's looking like it's going to spread. <laughs> you can't escape your family. Nope. <laughs> you can't escape blood. It's just like... That was such a, and I love too how they, how they, uh, I felt like it was kind of, they broke the fourth wall at the end. Oh, the young girl definitely looks at the camera. And I feel like it was kind of like a, uh, uh, she's looking at you now as a bug. You know what I mean? Oh, there's definitely. She views you as nothing just as they viewed the other people as nothing. There's definitely some dramatic irony there where, where she's just like, you guys just saw what happened. You know that Peter doesn't know shit yeah. so <laughs> about anything. Like, I'm back, bitches. That yeah. kind of thing. Like it's like the disease is going. And I also love how they said the end question mark. Yeah. And for once, I wasn't like, I know that that's not for a sequel. That's just it makes sense because the lineage will keep going and the problem may arise. I, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong there. I don't think there was. Like I don't an think there was an sequel. intended sequel because the question mark to me was more like like. The end? No, because <laughs> Not shit is going to continue and it's going to, you know, never end. So yep. that was really interesting. I thought that was cool. Yep. Uh, the so, ending was great. So yeah, that's Jack Kills Spider Baby. Spider Baby. Uh, so once again, we're going to enter the reductive rating round where yes. I'm going to give Spider Baby a super easy four. Four oh, out yeah. of five. I, it's, a, it's a four for me. And honest, like it's, 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 close. it's close to a five. <laughs> Hon- like I... There's there's just so many factors of it that works for me on so many levels. Yeah. Like I love. I feel like I could. I'd have to revisit more of the Hollywood movies it's talking about. Yeah. Because yeah. I I didn't really realize until some of it in retrospect watching it that because like I didn't I wasn't properly prepared for exactly what the movie was going to be watching it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, me either. I had no especially idea. having seen. I thought a few, it was a horror movie. Well, I so when this other stuff happened, I was like, and it worked for me. I thought that that was a a, a true telling of how yeah, the film is. And made. I've seen other Jack Hill films. They look nothing like this movie. That'll be uh, interesting for me to dive so, in now. So when I was watching I this, I was kind of like, are you, are you sure Jack Hill directed this one? But yeah. no, it's he. He's definitely there. His style is there. It's just he's clearly 
doing he's playing off of yeah that he's Hollywood. playing off of other genres he's yeah. playing off off which is uh, very very cool films. so yeah very um, good what, just before we wrap what do you think are the I thought it was interesting that Peter's wife or, or to be wife said uh, said the line um, you know. I think every man should be a beast or whatever. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting just like because she didn't she's attracted to Peter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Peter is the out of all of them beast, is yeah. furthest from a beast. And I just thought that that was kind of interesting that she ended up with Peter after she said such a line. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I was I that's definitely that definitely stood out to me and made me want to watch Wolfman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, that's I think that's going to be uh it for today's show. Um, before we go, however, uh, we have another shameless plug for our Patreon, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. which you, again, you can find at patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, again, subscribing gives you, uh, exclusive, dis- exclusive discussion boards and polls to help us rate and rank the films that we talked about today. Please though, make sure that you've seen the film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll help. We're yeah. going to do spoilers pretty much throughout this entire thing. So, uh, yeah, and I, you know, I just for the most part, you know, if you're if you're going to rate anything, please make sure you've seen it. Don't go by off what we've just said and yeah, like, copy our ratings. For? Yeah, no, watch it for yourself. We we genuinely want to hear your guys' points of view and your takes on them. Um, uh, as well as you're going to get an on-air shout-out during this segment of the show at the end. Uh, but the biggest perk. And the main one is that starting in March, we are going to be adding two bonus episodes a month. So one episode of Sleezoids every week. Uh, and you can get all of those episodes by subscribing. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at SleezoidsPod. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at, at the Josh L and Jamie. And I'm at uh, Jamie Miller ACAS. That's Jamie Miller and then ACAS, all lower caps. Hell yeah. Uh, and if you're feeling particularly generous, uh, we'd love it if you guys could give us that five-star rating on iTunes oh, and please. write a review of the show to help us climb the ranks over there. Uh, if you do, you may find your reviews even read out loud by us in this segment of the show on future episodes. The so love it. <laughs> yeah, love it or hate it. This is your chance to get read on the show. I shouldn't uh, say want we, we hear. will be review or saying uh talking about one star reviews too because we're gonna A- laugh our asses oh off. absolutely i want to i honestly i want to know if you hate it uh <laughs> so we can have a good time <laughs> absolutely uh anyway guys thanks so much uh for joining us on our first ever episode of sleezoids we'll uh hope to see you again in future weeks the next episode uh is going to be in two weeks time uh where we're going to be taking a bit of a different turn I'd say a pretty big left turn. And we're going to be looking at movies about violent men of the law. We're going to be talking about uh, a leg- another legendary exploitation filmmaker, Don Siegel. Um, and we're going to be talking about His Dirty Harry, starring Clint mm. Eastwood. At the time, one of the more shocking uses uh, of Eastwood, though people, for mostly people who haven't seen some of his more violent Sergio Leone outputs, um, but it was a particularly violent film at the time. Uh, And also, we're going to be pairing it with John Irvin's Raw Deal, 
starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Schwarzenegger. Yeah. One. This yeah. is and this is before you were telling me this is was before that he had his kind of persona, his his famous yes. movie stardom persona. Yes, this was around the same time that Terminator and Commando were coming out. Okay. So it was just as he was creating this persona, people were looking at this guy and find for the first time discovering him as an action hero and not a bodybuilder. Yeah. Uh, so it was a very weird time where people weren't absolutely sure what they were looking at yeah. and uh i can imagine yeah <laughs> like, and they they it's the it's one hell of a kind. movie yeah. so again we you guys have uh two weeks to find those movies and and hopefully watch them and you can join us next week and even if you haven't and you just love the discussion feel free to to show up um so yeah anyway guys thanks so much for listening and uh we'll see you guys then oh yeah catch you later peace